Our standards in society have lowered to the point of collapse. Our standards are so low that we are now firing professors because college kids complained that class was too hard. They are so low that we've accepted dirty, crime-ridden cities run by criminal politicians as okay. The masses have been programmed not to think for themselves, and the repercussion of that has been severe. We were so afraid of being labeled as a Karen that we lowered the bar to fit the modern standards. And what we've been left with is a degraded, degenerate society that capitulates to criminals, validates the mentally ill, and demonizes anyone with individual thought. Collapse the citizens' standards, remove their ability to think for themselves, implement a social credit score to teach them how to behave, and you're left with none other than the death of a decent society. Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez, your host for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, before we get into the death of our decent society, we once lived in a beautiful country. It was clean. It was not as crime-ridden as it currently is now. Maybe it always was. Maybe I'm remembering a time that never really truly existed. I'm not sure. Leave me your thoughts down below. But the reason why I've titled the show what I have titled it today and the reason why we're going to be focused in on standards is because for the first time in a while, I decided to actually reintegrate myself into normal society and go to a concert this past weekend. I went out and I socialized with my fellow millennials and it was absolutely awful. And I'll explain to you guys why. But first, please remember, if you do like the show, it is funded by you guys. And some of the ways that you can support me are not through PayPal. Absolutely not. I did have PayPal previously. I know many of you did support me through that app. However, I have since closed my account. I'm sure many of you already know why. But if you don't stay tuned, we will discuss that later on in the show. No more PayPal, so the account is completely closed. But if you would like to support me, you can go to my subscribe star. The link is down below, or go search for me, Savannah Hernandez. This is a great way to support the show. On top of that, you will also get access to direct messaging with me, and you will also get insight into what I'm going to be focusing in on for the show. Uh, I kind of put little hints at what I'm going to be discussing. I also will give updates on my next project, on what I'm doing, a couple of behind-the-scenes things. So go check out my subscribe star as a fun way to support the show or this is one of my favorite ways because you get a great american-made product and then you get to support me at the same time you can go to oldcountrysoap.com and use coupon code sav for 20 percent off your order old spelled o-l-d-e countrysoap.com now i promote this product for you guys because i absolutely love it and i use it myself and more importantly christmas is coming up you guys might be thinking what should i get anybody in my life my mom my brother my sister my daughter my son Get something that everybody absolutely can use that is going to be great for them and is most importantly American made here on a farm in South Dakota. And that is some great soap. Now, my friend, uh, the owner of this company, actually sent me a year supply of his soaps, which was incredible. So I have boxes and boxes of this incredible soap that has tallow and bentonite clay. With the year um, supply of soap, you get four Sissel fiber soap bags and you guys I hype these up so much because they help exfoliate the skin so that way you are absorbing all of the incredible products in this chemical free all natural soap. So go check out oldcountrysoap.com and use coupon code SAV, SAV for 20% off ahead of the Christmas season. If you guys are kind of wondering what should I do? I don't know. I'm in a rut. I'm always really bad about what to buy people for Christmas. Soap is something that you they cannot go wrong with. You cannot go wrong with. Nobody can go wrong with this incredible product. So go check it out. Now let's jump into the theme of today's show. And that is the lower standards of society. 
I went out to ACL, which is a big music festival that happens every year in Austin, Texas. I went to go see one of my favorite DJs. I waited all day in the masses and the set starts. And what am I being inundated with? What am I being drowned with? LGBTQ propaganda. One of my favorite songs, the imagery on screen is either two indigenous men making out or two black lesbians making out because it's not enough to be LGBTQ in the modern day. You also have to be a minority because, you know, you got to stack on the minority oppressive points. So I went out and I tried to just be a part of normal society. And I just realized that our standards as a whole have lowered so far that we can't even enjoy the most simplistic things in life, like going to a concert or going and enjoying a a sports game, going and enjoying shopping for crying out loud. This is something I've been talking to my father about. And you you might think that this is a minute or yeah, I I guess a mundane point, but it's something that I've noticed, right? Uh, I used to love going shopping. And I used to love trying on clothes in stores and, you know, the whole entire experience. I absolutely despise it now because I haven't gone to one department store with a clean dressing room. Department stores are disgusting. They're ugly. They're dirty. Similar to our crime-ridden cities. I feel like as a society, the standards have become lower and lower and lower. Remember whenever uh, there was that period of time where everybody was being called a Karen for simply wanting to have higher standards for society, because we all capitulated to that, we are now living in the most degenerative, destructive, and just straight up disgusting society that I've ever seen. And I'm absolutely tired of it. Now, one of the things that has truly launched this passion of mine for this specific subject is I was a part of a a documentary, right? This German documentary crew was following me around and they went with me to New York to kind of get a behind the scenes. It's a project about how conservatives in the space are influencing politics, are influencing the next generation. I was a person that they wanted to follow. So I said, all right, whatever. So they come to my home And they start asking me questions like, so you're an anti-vaxxer. So do you think that people like myself who are vaccinated are stupid? Or you make fun of vegetarians, which uh, again, the woman who was asking me this question couldn't even pull up what I said to make fun of vegetarians because you guys already know my standpoint on the majority of issues. I don't care what you do with your life. Just don't push it on me and don't force me to get vaccinated. Don't force me to be a vegetarian. Go ahead and do that yourself. Now, one of the things that this documentary crew talked or spoke to me about that really pissed me off is I was editing because they wanted to watch the editing process. I was editing one of my latest man on the streets. I went to the campus of UT Austin and I asked students about Joe Biden's 300 billion student loan debt relief program. This is going to cost the taxpayers $300 billion over the course of a decade. That is uh, $30 billion every year. So I was asking college students about this because this is the next generation of leaders, of business owners, of scientists, doctors, of American taxpayers themselves. This is the next generation of leaders. And this documentary crew asked me about this piece and said, well, don't you feel like you're bullying these students? Don't you feel like you're being mean to them and making them look stupid? 
And this line of questioning at first just frustrated me because I was like, you know what? I've already been attacked and demonized enough in my life. I don't need a camera crew who I was nice enough to let into my home coming into my apartment and trying to target me with these ridiculous questions. At that point, I just told them, turn the cameras off. I I don't want to do this anymore because if that's how you're going to frame me, then okay, I'm a bully. Now, I thought about this and I thought, well, why did this question make me so frustrated? And it made me so frustrated because... This is an example of the lower standard that we've set in society. I'm not allowed to go ask college students questions about basic economy, okay? Because this is a basic economic question here. Do you think that, uh, you know, putting $300 billion of debt on the American taxpayer is a good idea? Of course, these college students said, yes, it's a great thing. And I'm the bully and I'm the bad guy for going and asking this question. And why am I the bad guy in this situation? Because I'm the person that is going out and making these college students think about the political ideology or the policy that they are very effectively putting in place for every single American. So I want us to just listen to some of these responses. I went out and I talked to quite a few university students about whether or not this was a good idea. Again, the documentary crew in my ear whispering, well, in Germany, we have free education. In Germany, this works. In Germany, we the students don't have to worry about this. Here is the education system in the United States of America, okay? I I want you to understand that the kids in this video, we are paying the student loan debts off of. I paid off my student loan debt. I had $22,000 in loan debt, and I paid it off in two years. There's many Americans who are upset right now and feel disenfranchised because they might not have had the opportunity to go to college, or maybe they decided they didn't want to go to college. Or maybe, like myself, they paid off their student loan debt, they worked hard, they were financially responsible, they made sacrifices, and they paid off that debt. Now they are going to be forced to pay off the student loan debt of the individuals in these videos. Again, these are our future leaders of America, and this is their mindset on economy. More importantly, I want us to focus in on the communist ideology that has seeped into each and every single one of these college students who will, again, be a part of the next generation leading America. So listen to college students here, and then we're gonna talk about low standards in society. Biden is planning on uh, canceling up to $10,000 in student loan debt. Yeah, student loan debt. I don't see how it's bad, actually. I think it's a pretty good thing. Yeah? I don't see how it'd be bad to anyone. I feel like it's a step in the right direction, but at the same time, like most people have really high amounts of debt. So 10,000 is a very minuscule amount. That sounds amazing. Sounds freaking good yeah uh, that's a great thing I, uh, I mean I'm in debt so that would actually really help a lot that'd be amazing honestly it's good no it's not good I don't know I think that's good stuff he's forgiving it's a good it's good good man good yeah. good as long as it's not gonna hurt the economy so it's ten thousand dollars do you think that we should be forgiving more than that yes how much I think you should forgive all of it all of it I'm I'm a communist there's no such thing as too much there's one thing I learned is that uh, yeah, ten thousand dollars does a great deal for me. I could use more. I could use more because I still don't want to be poor. At the end of the day, I mean, the ultimate goal I feel should be canceling all the student debt. Um, I think they should be forgiving like all of it. Honestly, college should be free. I don't know the logistics of that, but whatever. All of it. <laughs> all of it. Half um, of it. They should have a discount. Who's paying for for this student loan forgiveness? the government i don't know like the taxpayers i suppose but like <laughs> come on like we're wasting taxpayer dollars on all kinds of stuff we are <laughs> i, I don't think know we are. you guys are yeah i mean at the end of the day it's 
definitely going to be the taxpayers. I mean, every money that the government spends at the end of the day comes from out of our own pockets. Taxpayers? Yes. Okay, so yeah, taxpayers. So the taxpayers are, so people are arguing, okay, it's not fair for taxpayers who decided not to go to college or decided to go to a trade school or paid off their own student loan debt to now have to pay other people's debts off. What are your thoughts on that? I think people should see that this is a good thing, and just because it's not good for you doesn't mean it's not good. Having a degree helps you contribute to society in a meaningful way. What if it's a degree that doesn't really have that much worth in modern society? Well, that's fair, but you also have to take it to the implication that the person who got that degree is probably not going to earn that much money. So I feel like from there, those are the consequences of picking that degree. Gotcha. So you still feel like in that situation, though, they should still be eligible and the taxpayers should still pay off and help pay off their student loan debt? I would say so. Well, the way we do taxes isn't just a large swath. Like, everyone's getting an increase. We base it based on tax bracket. So I think people who can afford it, who probably did go to higher education, can afford a kind of extra tax in order to forgive some loan debt. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Taxpayers are, taxpayer dollars are for, like, the benefit of everyone and education benefits everyone. Do you guys think that it's fair for maybe, you know, the taxpayer who didn't have the opportunity to go to college now having their taxes raised to pay for other people's student loan debt? I don't think that would be fair. No, like in that point, it's just, it's not fair. So like, they didn't have an opportunity to have an education or they didn't end up going to college. So they shouldn't be paying for that decision that they didn't make. So those were the majority of the answers that I got. And again, the two girls at the end were the smartest in thinking it through and saying, okay, yes, we want our student loan debt paid off. And then realizing, well, it's not fair for somebody else to take on the consequence and the responsibility of my decision. And again, one of the most important parts of paying off your own student loan debt is that you earned your own degree. You made the decision to go to school. You made the decision to get that specific degree. And you have to pay for not, I wouldn't say the consequence of your action. If you're 100000 plus in student loan debt, and you have a gender studies degree and no ability to pay off, then yeah, that's that's a consequence of your action. But let's be very honest here. The only people who should be that far into student loan debt are people that are going to medical school or going into an engineering field. And at that point, when they do get their actual career, they should be able to pay off their loans very quickly. One of the most important parts of, I guess, student loan debt, if you will, or even financial responsibility or adulthood is taking responsibility for your own actions. So by forgiving the student loan debt of all of these students nationwide, that's going to cost the taxpayers, again, $300 billion. We are taking away the consequence. We are taking away the responsibility of the next generation of adults, aka step one, lowering the standards of the population. And we're lowering the standard in this by not, not, Forcing adults to take responsibility for their own actions. Oh, oh no, you made the decision to get hundreds of thousands of dollars into debt. Well, we're going to go ahead and bail you out. That's the new standard. The new standard of the education system is it doesn't matter if you're an idiot. If you cry oppression, if you cry that you you are a victim in society, then you're just going to get your degree handed to you on a golden platter. And you're going to get a job handed to you as well that actually has no real merit in society. Now, what am I talking about here? I'm talking about the fact that a New York, an NYU professor was fired after 80 
plus students complained that his class was too hard. This is the headline from NBC New York. Now, it was 80 students out of a class of 350 who signed a petition and said that this professor's organic chemistry class was too hard. Now, this is one of the classes that students are supposed to take before they become doctors before they go into the medical industry. So this class is supposed to be difficult. It's supposed to be hard because it's supposed to weed out the winners from the losers. And uh, pardon me for being blunt with that. But you know what? In modern day society, do you want a winner or do you want a loser performing life altering surgery on you? Performing a surgery that could mean the difference between life or death for you. Do you want the medical student who petitioned to get their professor fired because the class was too hard performing life-saving surgery on you? No, you want the winner doctor who aced the class and who worked hard and had the discipline and dedication to get through the hard and difficult class. Because guess what? Life is hard and difficult for everybody, but it's the difference between the winners and the losers that really, I guess, measures success there, right? Because the winners still, they still go through the struggle. They still have to go through everything that the losers in society do. But the winners persevere. The winners force themselves to be disciplined and to push through and actually ace the class. So this is where we're at in society. Our standards are so low that students can now cry and complain that their classes are too hard and get professors fired. There was a great article about this um, written in the New York Post. NYU's firing professor Maitland Jones Jr. should frighten every American. This is by Dr. Stanley Goldfarb. And he writes that New York University fired Maitland Jones Jr. because his organic chemistry course was too hard. The man wrote a textbook on the subject, now in its fifth edition, and had been a star teacher at Princeton. He went out of his way to tape his lectures at his own cost to mitigate some of the attendance problems attributed to the pandemic. Yet students revolted because they feared, according to the New York Times, that they were not given the grades that would allow them to get into medical school. Now, funny enough, all of the headlines that I've read from this Frave this professor as public enemy number one, as this horrible professor who was not nice enough to his students, who didn't help them enough with the curriculum, who was dismissive and who looked down on them and was condescending to them. So this is the first article that I read that had an alternate opinion. Now, I would go to the original New York Times article and read the reality of this entire story. But guess what? It's behind a paywall. So I couldn't even read the whole thing. So uh, this was the closest I could find to the alternate angle. Now, the professor, this is the professor's angle, right? Apparently, these kids weren't coming to class. They weren't watching the videos and they weren't able to answer the questions. I've been to college myself and I've watched as my fellow students stayed up late partying and taking drugs online and then crying and complaining when they failed their classes because they couldn't get their ass up in the morning to go to class because they were hungover, because they were on drugs. This is a very real reality. So do you think that you want, again, the student going to medical school who didn't have the discipline enough to get up early, study the courses, go out of their way to make sure that they got tutored on the side to pass this class. I had to take an, uh, a chemistry class when I was in school, when I was in university. It was so difficult for me. It was one of the most difficult classes that I had to take. Again, I'm not naturally good at science or math. And so I had to take extra time out of my regular school day to be tutored on this subject, to study this subject. It was an extremely difficult class and I passed it with a B. I wanted an A, I passed it with a B, but I still passed the class because I put the work in. What this professor is saying is that the average modern day student is not doing that. But again, instead of the students buckling down, we as a whole have lowered our standards to meet the students where they're at, which is a pathetic low level. 
And we can look at the majority of society as to uh, how this is a bigger issue, not just the students involved here. So um, let me just read a little bit more to this article and we'll move on from this. But it goes on to say that every American should be worried because this is the kind of standard lowering that is becoming commonplace in medical school. Organic chemistry, a very difficult subject and doing well in the course has been a litmus test for medical school suitability. It demands discipline, ability to think in three dimensions, memorizing complex structures. But guess what, guys? If you can't do any of that, just petition to get your professor fired so you can still get into medical school anyway. Uh, I wanted to read this paragraph here because it's one of the most important. The leadership at most American medical schools have adopted adopted many of the same tenets of critical race theory invading education for K through 12 students. It calls for diversity above meritocracy and makes being sure a med school class has racial diversity the number one priority. That would be fine if meritocracy and diversity could be coexistent, but increasingly they can't. To get around this conundrum, admission standards are being abandoned. There has even been an initiative to do away with organic chemistry as a pre-med requirement with schools like Harvard considering it. So that's what critical race theory has done to our society. Step one, lower the standards of everybody in the population. It gets even worse than that. Uh, per Christopher Rufo, medical students at the University of Minnesota must now take an oath to honor all indigenous ways of healing that have been historically marginalized by Western medicine and fight white supremacy, colonialism, and the gender binary. He shares that from a pamphlet from the University of Minnesota. So we can look to the education system as to why my generation, the next generation, and the next generation after that have low standards and why the society that we live in right now continues to degrade because we think that this is our new normal. We think that it's normal to, instead of elevating our own standards and elevating our own person to be a better person member of society, right, to, to elevate ourselves, to become a future doctor, Instead of doing that, this generation has decided to bring the high standards of society down to their low level. And society as a whole has degraded because of it. Now, alongside this is the inability of the masses to think for themselves. COVID-19 was one of the best examples of how the government capitalized on fear and propaganda to basically abolish the masses' abilities to think for themselves. I genuinely feel like over the past two years, we have seen people drink the Kool-Aid so much so that you can't even have a conversation with them about vaccination, if you will, about any issue in modern day society and reach common ground with them because they're so far gone, because they have allowed the government to come in and think for them, and they have the inability to think for themselves. They think that daddy government is number one, that anything that they hear from the media is gospel truth, that CNN and MSNBC, and that our press secretary would never lie to them, and that the government has their best interest at heart. They have no ability to critically think, and then those of us who do have the ability to critically think are severely punished. Another great example of this is the fat acceptance movement, right? We're making the jump here because this is another way as a society we've lowered our standards. Instead of keeping the high standards, remember back in the um, 90s or early 2000s when ads, Calvin Klein models, um, uh, just anything in society, magazines, 
the women bracing the covers of these advertisements, they were, they were fit. They were fit, beautiful women. And they were what the ideal woman aspired to be, right? Beautiful hair, beautiful makeup, beautiful skin, beautiful body. That wasn't a bad aspiration. But then the fat acceptance movement came in because, again, this generation, instead of raising themselves and trying to elevate themselves and become a better person, become the best person that they could be, decided to instead drag our entire society standards down to them, which is why Kanye West right now is being so demonized for a multitude of things. He went on Tucker Carlson last week. It was a, a great interview. It was kind of all over the place, but he made good points, uh, you know, throughout the entire thing. He called out, you know, who created cancel culture. That's a very interesting angle that a lot of people are touching on right now. He called out uh, the pro-abortion movement and why he's pro-life. He called out the fat acceptance movement, which is what we're going to be focusing in on right here. He's talking about Lizzo and why she's demonized anytime she loses weight. Another example of our lower standards in society. Listen to Kanye West talking about the fat acceptance movement. When Lizzo loses 10 pounds and announces it, the bots, uh, that's a term for uh, people like, it's like telemarketer call, callers, right. like on Instagram, they attack her for losing weight because the media wants to put out a perception that being overweight is the new goal when it's actually unhealthy. Yes. Let's get aside the fact of whether it's fashion and vogue, which it's not. Let's, let's just, or if someone thinks it's attractive, to each his own. It's actually clinically unhealthy. And for people to, to promote that, um, it's, a, it's demonic. So Kanye West saying that people promoting the fat acceptance movement is demonic. And what he's saying here, too, is not far off from reality. Obesity is not healthy. The fat acceptance movement is not a good thing. The people who are clinically obese and the reason why the fat acceptance movement was even created was to validate these people because they don't feel good about themselves. And they know that the lifestyle that they're living is not healthy. And instead of changing it, they wanted to instead reshape our entire society standards to fit their unhealthy lifestyle and to fit their lower standards standards that they've set for themselves. So what Kanye West said here is a pretty common sense take, and it's not uh, so far removed, like I said, from reality. It's a common sense take. So why is this controversial? Why is this headline news? Because we've been force-fed so much propaganda that now even a common sense take is radical. Now saying that men are not women, that men cannot get periods, that men cannot give birth is radical. But saying that obesity is clinically bad for you is radical. We've gotten so far and we've lowered our standards so far. We've lowered our standards for common sense, to be quite honest, so far that the most rational takes in society are now radical. <clears throat> so I'm using this as a segue because we're going to go hard right now on the vaccine-related injuries that we are seeing pop up every single day.
Now, going back to this German documentary crew who point blank asked me if I was an anti-vaxxer because I didn't agree with the COVID-19 vaccine, which has been backed by studies and has been shown to be good for the majority of the population, really. Because what I'm seeing right now is the majority of previously healthy people with no pre-existing conditions having heart defects, heart failure, myocarditis, blood clotting, Julian Barre syndrome. Is that good for the majority of society? Are the injuries that we are going to see 10 years down the line good for society? Or is because the medical community and the mainstream media and all of the politicians who push the vaccine now blindly looking the other way and pretending it doesn't exist? Is that is that the, the answer to that problem? Oh, well, we're just not going to look into it. We're just not going to report on it. So it doesn't exist. Now, we've been told and fed the past year it's so funny because the media always tells on itself, right? The media and politicians always tell us what they're going to do. And whoever's in charge, take your pick, knew that there were going to be heart-related side effects to the vaccination. So what were we seeing over the past year? Headlines related to how butter, steak, and eggs lead to Heart palpitations lead to stroke, lead to you having heart issues, how climate change was leading to heart issues, how sudden adult death syndrome is actually very normal, how heart issues in young 20-year-olds can be caused by stress because of the pandemic. All of a sudden, we are now seeing advertisements directed towards for children who can potentially have myocarditis, a, an issue we have never historically seen. We're seeing more and more headlines like this one pop up from TMZ. 23-year-old son su uh, suffers stroke and heart failure. This is Nene Leakes. So she posted a video talking about the situation with her family. Her son's going through a serious medical situation at the young age of 23. He had both congestive heart failure and a stroke. Nene Leek says her son doesn't drink or do drugs. Doctors have run a multitude of tests in order to determine what caused the episode, including tests for HIV. Nene asks everyone to keep Brent in her prayers because he's still having a hard time speaking. Her son's lucky to be alive after a frightening medical emergency sent him to the hospital. He suffered from both a heart attack and a stroke. And just to reiterate that for you, she said that her son doesn't drink or do drugs, and the Twitter post that I found this on, um, they had tied a post of Nene Leakes getting her vaccination and promoting it. So I'm pretty sure her son was most likely vaccinated as well. But okay, let's chop this up to, well, who's to say that her son was vaccinated or not? All right, well, let's keep on going. Uh, let's look at Kelvin McKenzie blue check mark on Twitter. We have two tweets put up next to each other. This one is from October of 2021. I'm massively hostile to the anti-vaxxers. Love the Singapore idea of making them pay for their hospital treatment. Or if that's too strong, the Greek idea of fining the elderly 85 pounds per month. If they refuse the vaccine, something must be done. And then we fast forward to September of 2022 from the same Kelvin McKenzie. I'm currently having a much worse reaction to my COVID jab than either of my actual two bouts of COVID. And am I unique? And I've read these types of tweets for you guys multiple times from multiple people, but it's just a crazy coincidence that everybody, not everybody, a large swath of society are experiencing heart-related issues. Let's keep going. 
Representative Sean Caston, in case you missed it, this was from May 2021. All Illinoisans 12 years and older are eligible for the vaccine. They are safe, effective, and key to our path back to normalcy. Everyone in my family, including my 14-year-old daughter, has started their vaccination process. Fast forward to October of 2022. A statement from the Caston family. This past June, our daughter Gwen Caston died of sudden cardiac arrhythmia. In layman's terms, she was fine and then her heart stopped. We don't know what caused the arrhythmia and likely never will. Gwen was a healthy 2022 teenager. She ate well, exercised, got regular checkups, didn't suffer from any behavioral health issues, and had close relationships with family and friends. She was fully vaccinated and quarantined after occasional positive, positive asymptomatic COVID tests during the Omicron wave. She had just come home from an evening with friends went to bed and didn't wake up. We are heartbroken, but not unique. Sudden unexplained heart failure among young, healthy people is rare, but real. We are left grasping at the wrong end of random chance. Another coincidence, I suppose, from a fully vaccinated young 14-year-old who died from heart arrhythmia. Just a coincidence. Let's keep going. J.J. Watt, who is an NFL player, an athlete, an elite athlete in the United States. This is from October 2nd. I was just told somebody leaked some personal information about me, and it's going to be reported on today. I went into AFib on Wednesday, had my heart shocked back into rhythm on Thursday, but I'm playing today. That's it. Yes, NFL's J.J. Watt went into AFib and had to have his heart shock back into rhythm. Atrial fibrillation, otherwise known as AFib, is a heart arrhythmia that occurs when the heart beats too slow, too fast, or irregularly, according to the CDC. It can increase a person's risk of having a stroke and was determined to be the underlying cause of more than 26,000 deaths in the United States in 2019. 33-year-old NFL star, heart arrhythmia, but that's just a normal thing. Uh, let's keep going. Pakistani cricketer. Shenzad Azamrana died suddenly age 36 following cardiac arrest. According to reports, the fast bowler who was the leading, uh, blah, 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 basically another healthy athlete, 36 years old, suffered a cardiac arrest at home before his death. And then you read further on into the article and it says, this news comes a month after top Pakistani umpire passed away suddenly and unexpectedly due to cardiac arrest. More coincidence. Let's keep going. This is from a mother who talked about how her son developed myocarditis following his second COVID-19 vaccination. This mom was pro-vaccine. She was all for it. And then her son experienced the side effects of this vaccination, and she's now being shunned by the medical community. Listen to her story. Emily Achinayaka says that her 14-year-old son is one of these. She's a mother. Her son developed myocarditis after taking the shot. Following his second dose, he woke up um, in the middle of the night with chest pain. Um, we had known that this was a possibility, just hearing signals out of Israel. So immediately took him to the emergency room. Long story short, he was admitted to the acute cardiac floor. So he stayed four days and then had months of inactivity and follow-ups with different specialists. And it's been life-altering for us. I don't know if you have the pictures of my son, but I was very pro-vaccination, yes. one of the first out of the gate. And yes. then I was ostracized um, because my son was injured, no fault of my own. And it's been an eye-opening experience. Hurtful. So, so to be, 
Well, it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a nightmare. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. It's actually making my palms sweat thinking about it. But you were for vaccines. You were not an anti-vaxxer, as they say. You were, this was all voluntary. And when there was a downside to it and your son was almost killed by it, you were attacked. Right. When I, I um, it, it, this began on my Twitter feed, sharing pictures of my son getting vaccinated, how excited I was. And then, you know, unfortunately, he was one that had the side effect or the adverse event. And when I shared that, it was met with, you're a liar. Uh, I was actually censored on social media, blocked by people. Um, the medical community has kind of pushed me to the side. Um, so there's the reality of what is happening as a result of the vaccination. Now, again, if you're not an anti-vaxxer like me, you might say, well, that's a, a one-off side effect or injury. Oh, by the way, you can go to safsaysofficial.com and I documented the multiple side effects that people were having when this vaccine was first being rolled out. Back in 2021, I have all the links to the articles of the woman who was paralyzed. She was in Nashville, I believe, after getting her COVID-19 vaccine or the other woman who just was paralyzed in half of her face after her vaccine. But yeah, let's just chop all of that up to coincidence. Now, here's a Canadian actress. Her name's Jennifer Gibson talking about her experience with the vaccine. And she says, despite her injury, she would still do it again. This is the level of brainwashing. And when I tell you that people can no longer think for themselves, this is what I'm talking about. This is genuinely a heartbreaking video of a woman who was vaccine injured and still thinks that the vaccine was good for the masses, despite the fact that COVID-19 had a 99% survival rate for those without pre-existing pre conditions, despite the fact that uh, Florida's Surgeon General, we're going to be getting into that study, came out with some very interesting details regarding who could be the most affected by heart-related issues tied to the COVID-19 vaccine. But let's listen to this Canadian actress uh, talking about her, her um, side effects with the COVID-19 safe and effective vaccine. Oh, this is not a video I want to make. Um, and it's kind of hard to make because as I'm watching myself, I see... Um, what I'm going to say, which is I have been diagnosed with Bell's palsy, which is paralysis on one side of the face. For me, it's uh, this side here, the left, obviously. Um, so I got it about two weeks after getting my vaccine. And I had a rough go with the vaccine. Um, and I guess still am. But I have to say that I would do it again because... It's what we have to do to see people. So um, I don't know why I'm making this video, but here's my word smile. So there's that. We also keep seeing videos like this one. Fully vaccinated and boosted Finland interior minister collapses on live television. And again, we could chop this up to coincidence, but don't forget uh, it was what comedian Heather McDonald who collapsed on stage. That was... Uh, I think that was either earlier this year 
or late last year, she was making fun of the vaccine and then collapsed on stage after talking about how she was vaccinated and boosted. But again, let's chop all that up to coincidence and then just go ahead and laugh everyone off as an anti-vaxxer conspiracy theorist who tries to bring attention to this. Uh, Florida Surgeon General Joseph Larapo tweeted out a, a new study basically announcing that the COVID mRNA vaccine found an 84% increase in cardiac-related deaths for men ages 18 to 39. And of course, Twitter went ahead and censored that tweet very quickly, and then they reinstated it after backlash. Now, if you want to read the actual um, guidance here and the actual study I did myself, you can go and find that on Florida's on Florida Health. But it basically says that the analysis found that there is an 84% increase in the relative incidence of cardiac-related death among males 18 to 39 years old within 28 days following mRNA vaccination. With a high level of global immunity to COVID-19, the benefit of vaccination is likely outweighed by this abnormally high risk of cardiac-related death among men in this age group. Non-mRNA vaccines were not found to have these increased Risks such as, as such, the state surgeon general recommends against males aged 18 to 39 from receiving mRNA COVID-19 vaccinations. Why is Twitter trying to censor that? They did a study on this. Why? Why is it that Twitter censored uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, who was one of the most, I believe, uh, published peer-reviewed cardiologists in uh, modern modern day history? Here, Dr. Peter McCullough one of the people who was censored off of Twitter for trying to blow the whistle on this. Robert Malone, also another doctor who was censored in silence for trying to push alternative treatments that weren't as expensive as some of the other alternatives the government was offering or the vaccine as a whole. Do you remember when ivermectin was demonized as horse dewormer and then the CDC quietly came out and said, oh yeah, by the way, actually that does help with uh, COVID-19. Now that, you know, the masses have already been uh, injected with our experimental vaccine, now that Pfizer and Moderna have already made billions off of the uh, experimentation conducted on the American people, now we're going to go ahead and quietly let you know that we had a uh, potential treatment for this all along, but we went ahead and kept it from the public because uh, we wanted to put your health first. So Twitter censors this Florida Surgeon General for trying to alert people to the fact that cardiac arrest is a side effect of the vaccine. I was also reading this fun study from the Epoch Times. Peer-reviewed 94% of vaccinated patients with subsequent health issues have abnormal blood. Physicians in Italy studied the blood of patients who had been injected with mRNA COVID-19 vaccines and found foreign matter long after vaccination, a new study shows. The three doctors, all of whom are surgeons, examined freshly drawn blood of more than a thousand patients using direct observation under microscopes to see what was happening in the blood. The results were published in the International Journal of Vaccine Theory. For the study, the Italian doctors use optical microscopy, that is regular light microscopes to examine the blood. Blood cells are easily visible under the microscope. Their shape, type, and how, and if they are aggregated, clumped together, can help these skilled physicians better understand the patient's health. So although they could not explain what they observed, they noted in the study that what they saw was so strange that they felt the need to alert the medical community. And this is what they saw here. 
So again, this is a peer-reviewed study of 1,006 people who took the jab and what happened with their blood. 94% of the people showed abnormalities in their blood after the jab. 100% of these showed alterations to their blood post-injection. This is not normal. And there are some of the pictures of what their blood cells looked like. They're all clumped together. They do not look normal at all after vaccination. So... Um, <clears throat> this study used a standard dark field microscope. The changes in the blood are obvious and immediate to observe. Any medical expert with standard microscope scope equipment could have been able to observe the abnormalities in the blood. And uh, here are some of the figures from that study. Go ahead. And if you're a podcast listener, I would highly encourage you guys to look at this. I don't know if this is going to live long on YouTube. So remember, you can follow me on Rumble. Um, at Sav says as well, the link is down below. But some of the pictures of what the blood of the vaccinated looks like. It doesn't look normal, but we're not allowed to talk about that in any way, shape, or form. Also, too, let's not forget that even the Washington Post had to even come out and admit that women said coronavirus shots affect their periods. New studies show that they're right. We were immediately told that we were conspiracy theorists. We were silenced and censored for saying that the COVID vaccine was altering women's periods. I spoke with many of them myself who were saying, I haven't had a period in years. I um, already went through menopause. I got my period after getting vaccination or my period was much heavier. It was unnatural. I was experiencing severe cramping. Um, women were completely complaining that they feared their, for their fertility after getting the vaccination and doctors just brushed them off. From Alec, Beren Alex Berenson, who again won his lawsuit against Twitter because Twitter tried to silence him as well for reporting on the vaccine. And again, he was reporting using the CDC's own study statistics, uh, multiple various peer reviewed studies regarding the vaccination. Twitter tried to lock him out of his account again. I'm not sure what happened with that. That just happened recently. But Alex Berenson previously did win his lawsuit and did get back on Twitter. But he says the mRNA code vaccines are killing people plain and simple. Best guess, they lead to about a 10% rise in non-COVID mortality and no reduction in Omicron deaths. This is Australian data very clean because Australia had no COVID before the vaccines. Deaths are 17% above normal in 2022. And there's that graph for you. And there are those key statistics looking into Australia and um, what their death rate looks like, 17% above normal. Now, going back to Dr. Peter McCullough and the reason why he was censored, one of the many medical professionals who was silenced during 2020 through 2022, this was one of the studies that was published in the National Library of Medicine by Dr. Peter McCullough, amongst other doctors. Innate immune suppression by SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccination, the role of G quadruplexes, exomes, and microRNAs. It basically goes on to say that the mRNA SARS-CoV-2 vaccines were brought to market in response to the public health crisis of COVID-19, but the utilization of mRNA vaccines in the context of infectious disease has no precedent. The many alterations in the vaccine hide the mRNA from cellular defenses and promote a longer biological half-life and high production of spike protein. It basically goes on to talk about how the spike protein and the disturbances um, that the, these various proteins and uh, genuinely just like poisonous 
ingredients that people were injecting into their body have disturbances that are potentially linked to neurodegenerative diseases, myocarditis, immune, thrombocytopenia, Bell's palsy, liver disease, impaired adaptive immunity, uh, immune cells that have taken up the vaccine, nanoparticles released into circulation, large numbers of ex exosomes containing spike protein along with critical microRNAs that induce a signaling response to the recipient cells at distant sites. I am not a scientist myself. Um, so again, go and read these studies for yourself. I make sure to read all of them before reporting to you because I don't like just reading off headlines to you. I like actually going into the studies and reading them, not even just the abstracts, but the actual studies. So, you know, if you're listening to me here and you're like, oh, Sad doesn't even know how to pronounce this uh, very big medical word. She must have no idea what she's talking about. Then go ahead and do me a favor. And uh, here's the exact study. Go read it for yourself. Go on my website. Go and research all of the links, all of the articles, all of the cases, all of the vaccine injuries that I have looked into and put there very easily for you to look into yourself and um, let me know your thoughts on this. Because what I continue to see in modern society is the low standard of nobody thinking for themselves, the government telling them that the vaccine is safe and effective, and then just eating it up and saying, okay, this is great for the masses. It's great for everybody. And the vaccine side effects, sure, they're rare. They're rare. They're so rare that we're seeing NHL players, NFL players, NBA players uh, drop down from heart defects. Healthy athletes worldwide just dying from cardiac arrest, dying from heart attacks and strokes. That didn't typically happen. Young children getting myocarditis, that never happened before. But we can just chop it up to climate change and stress. Also, too, just a reminder for you guys, uh, Dr. Fauci's pandemic wealth increase. This is a... Uh, a nice graphic from Fox News. 2019, he had $7.5 million. And then at the end of 2022, $12.6 million. He made quite a pretty penny during the pandemic, didn't he? Great Dr. Fauci who cares so much about the American public that he profited and then went into retirement and tried to go into hiding before facing any repercussion for his atrocious public health policy. This comes from Sagar and Genty as well, just to give you guys an update on what Fauci's been up to. Fauci, in his waning months as head of the NIAID, just greenlit a 600K grant to Peter Daszak and the EcoHealth Alliance for Bat Coronavirus Research, the same organization that funded the Wuhan lab and research that plausibly led to the entire COVID-19 pandemic. But that's nothing to worry about, guys. Uh, that's just, you know, Dr. Fauci trying to promote more research that's going to be better for all of society and the world. Going back to the group think, uh, we, we still aren't out of the brainwashing and indoctrination that so many of us have been targeted with in society. Um, per the New York Post, multiple Massachusetts colleges extend mask mandate indefinitely. Three Massachusetts colleges are extending their COVID-19 mask mandate, and a fourth is putting it to a vote, even as masking requirements are disappearing around the nation. Unfortunately, at universities, at the education system where the next generation is being taught that this is their new normal, these are the areas that are trying to implement these mask mandates. These are the areas that are trying to hit the hardest and send the message home the hardest that COVID-19 is something that you need to fear, that the government is somebody that you need to listen to, that if you need to mask up, do not question it. Do not question the, the uh, science behind that. This is your nor new normal and you just need to accept it. <sighs> A new issue, I guess, that doctors are being faced with that they weren't expecting because there are people that are waking up for the Gateway Pundit. Doctor surprised his patient refuses to receive blood transfusion if donor had been vaccinated against COVID-19. 
Now, this is uh, Dr. Stephanie Cooper, who shared on her Twitter that she was surprised when one of her patients declined to receive a blood transfusion if the donor had been vaccinated against COVID-19. And of course, this doctor goes, oh, there's so much misinformation. I just can't believe that people are afraid of vaccinated blood. Keep in mind, I just showed you those pictures of the uh, blood platelets or the blood cells of those who have been vaccinated looking quite abnormal. That's that Italian study you guys can look up for yourself. Uh, but another Twitter user who counted this, countered this doctor from New York is his handle claimed in his tweet that blood transfusion of mRNA vaccinated persons to children, especially if vaccinated within 30 days, can cause life-threatening clot or emboli that can kill the child. My warning to hospitals, do not transfuse the blood of mRNA vaccinated person blood to children, especially if vaccinated within 30 days. It causes an unnecessary activation of the clotting factors and can cause a life-threatening clot or emboli that can kill the child. Keep in mind, too, that it was what the Johnson & Johnson vaccine that was recalled because people were having such atrocious side effects to it that it was the um, FDA that had to update the Moderna fact sheet. You can find this on page eight, by the way. It's also on my website. They had to say that, oh, yeah, by the way, myocarditis is actually a side effect of our vaccination. But you guys already got uh, vaccinated, boosted, uh, quadruple vaxxed. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's really nothing that you can do about it. Good luck, guys. Don't forget that all of that happened. Now, you educate the youth and you lower their standards. You take away people's ability to think for themselves. And then we witness the death of decent society. I also missed a step two there, and that was the implementation of the social credit score. And the reason why this is so essential is because when you have a population that has an inability to think for themselves, they don't know how to act. One of the reasons why I don't enjoy going to music festivals anymore either, and I want to sound as humble as possible with this, but this genuinely is the best analogy, is I feel like a wolf among sheep. Not saying that I'm better than anybody in the crowd, but I genuinely just feel like I'm surrounded by all of these young kids that are on drugs, worshiping this idol in front of them while satanic imagery and LGBTQ propaganda is playing in the background. And genuinely, when I go to music festivals now, I look around at the environment that I'm in. I look around at the youths collapsing all around me because they're ODing on drugs, because this is what they've been told in society is what they're supposed to do with their early 20s is go out and party and rave and do drugs and have promiscuous sex and have fun. And so I'm standing there in these crowds and I don't enjoy it anymore because I realize that this isn't fun and that all of the people around me are just eating up the propaganda that they don't even realize is propaganda. So I don't really enjoy social events anymore. And it's not just music festivals. It's also sports events, right? Everybody so blindly and willingly accepts this propaganda. They're like, oh, yeah, this is great. This is fun. Yeah, there's politics there, but it's fine. I'll just lower my standards. And it's it's just normal now. Yeah, my city used to be beautiful. It used to be a lot cleaner. There's homeless people camping out on the street, but it's okay. I'm just going to lower my standards. Yeah, sure. We didn't used to have mentally ill people running around and stabbing uh, women in New York and raping them on the subways, but it's okay. I'm just going to lower my standards. That's where we've gotten to in society. And it's because the people, instead of taking a step back, thinking for themselves and saying, okay, this is not normal or okay. Everyone has just been conditioned to just blindly go along with everything that's going on. So thus comes in the social credit system, 
which is going to teach everybody who has no ability, just like that Canadian actress who said, I got vaccinated. I can't use half of my face, but I would get vaccinated again if it's for the betterment of society because the government told me to, because I don't want my social credit score to go down. I would still do it again. Because the masses are like that, we are now seeing businesses like PayPal trying to Pull $2,500 from users' accounts if they promote misinformation. This came out October 7th. A new policy update from PayPal will permit the firm to sanction users who advance purported misinformation or present risks to users' well-being with fines of up to $2,500 per offense, which is why I have since closed my PayPal account. Now, there's been an update to this story because there was such intense backlash to PayPal trying to implement their own social credit system and try to say, oh, if you promote misinformation online, we're going to just steal your money and your livelihood. There was such a big backlash to that, that uh, PayPal put out a statement that said an AUP notice recently went out in error that included incorrect information. PayPal is not fining people for misinformation. And this language was never intended to be inserted in our policy. We're so sorry for the confusion this has caused, to which I would respond, F you, PayPal. You've been a corrupt institution for a while. Remember what they did to the Canadian truckers? They had a PayPal account and they raised funds. And then PayPal was like, you guys are domestic terrorists. We're going to go ahead and shut that down and uh, take away all of your money from you. And then PayPal tries to push this BS and tries to backtrack because their implementation of their own social credit score, because that's soft core, what this has been. And by the way, this isn't the first implementation of this. Uh, the social credit system, one is already implemented in China. I've been reporting on that for years at this point, how there were millions of people that were unable to use the rail system or get transportation or buy plane tickets out of China because their social credit score was too low. When I was reporting on the democracy protests in Hong Kong back in 2019, they were pushing down facial recognition towers because the Chinese were dinging them for jaywalking or if they spoke out against the Chinese government, their social credit system would go down, 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 down to the point where the police would either come to their house, they would get disappeared or they wouldn't be able to be a part of civil society. Understand that the society that we live in is tailored specifically to make you feel ostracized, to make you feel like you, you, you can't be a part of civil society. That's how I genuinely feel quite often. And that's why I got so upset, too, with this documentary crew having the audacity to come into my damn home and target me with questions about being an anti-vaxxer and how freedom is such an American ideal. I'm, I'm just genuinely so upset after that entire experience because I don't typically like talking to the media. I don't typically like people coming in and filming me behind the scenes. I'm a pretty private person outside of the show. You guys really don't know what's going on in my personal life. And for these people to come into my damn home and question me with this straight up propaganda with some BS and I'm tired of it. So you know what? To anybody in society who has that mentality of like, well, if you just obeyed the government, if you just gave up your guns, if you just gave up your right, F you, bro. No, I'm not doing that just because you want to be a pathetic slave that is in the social credit system that lives in a cashless society just because you have an inability to think for yourself just because you cannot critically think and you've never had an original thought in your life does not mean that I fall into the same line as you do and I refuse to capitulate I refuse to bend the knee and if anything talking to these types of people just makes me more emboldened to make a positive change in my society by waking people up to the fact that these corporations and these businesses are trying 
trying to push us and ostracize us further and further in society. Why do I call out Joe Biden's DOJ? Why do I call out the FBI targeting pro-lifers across this country every single day? Because they are creating a society that is meant to make us feel ostracized, that is meant to make us want to bend the knee and capitulate and finally say, okay, I'm tired. I'm going to just give up. I don't want this anymore. All right. You want the cash to society, whatever. Fine. Microchip me. It's easier this way. No. At the music festival that I was at this weekend, I literally could not buy water because I had cash on me. And they said, we don't accept cash. We only accept card or the digital wallet that should be on your wristband. And I said, I have cash. I have money right in front of you and you won't take it. And you will literally let me die of dehydration because you don't accept cash. To which they said, well... I, like, I literally, I'd ask them, can you just give me the water? Like, please. And then they did. And then I, you know, felt bad and I gave them 20 bucks. I paid $20 for water because of the cashless society. Like, that's where we're at as a whole right now. It's just so frustrating to me. And then the masses just say, yeah, this is fine. It's just more convenient to like have a microchip and like pay via your microchip. Like, it's just more convenient that way. You know what I mean? Like, it's just convenient. I'm just so tired of the instant gratification society and generation that I'm living in that instead of actually working their ass off to pay off their own student loan debt, working their ass off to actually study for their organic chemistry exam, instead takes the easy route and fires their professor. Instead of a population that says, okay, let me go get cash out for this music festival and instead says, well, it's just easier to have a microchip implanted in my wristband or just in my arm and I'll just pay that way. The instant gratification society is leading us into the social credit system, which in turn will lead us into the great reset, which in turn will lead us all to living in pods because it will just be more convenient for everybody if we did that. But we cannot capitulate. We just, we can't. <sighs> I'm just frustrated. Now, Alex Jones is one of the people who's been talking about this for a long time, right? And he's talked about how it's these more sinister people at the top who are implementing all of this. And I understand because I used to be one of the Americans who genuinely was like, you know what? I don't think, I don't want to think that there's some evil supervillain at the upper levels of society that's truly trying to, to collapse everything. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. But then you read articles like this one about Bill Gates, who pledges $200 million for international digital IDs. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has been revealed to have pledged $1.27 billion in funding toward achieving the UN Sustainable Development Goals, with a portion of this going toward invasive technologies. In a press release issued on September 21st following the United Nations General Assembly, the foundation stated that $200 million of this sizable fund would be going toward expanding digital public infrastructure. So uh, what, is, what does that mean, guys? And they always love to say, oh, it's going to help with infrastructure. It's going to help with the low and middle uh, income countries. It's going to be so much more convenient for them. No, it's a way to track everybody because the UN was already talking about um, being able to track our carbon footprint individually and everybody having their own individual carbon score. So, uh, you know, if you drive too much, if you eat too much meat, your, your, your carbon score is going to go down. And also, too, you guys can look into this, how there are certain credit companies that we're trying to kind of like link your bank account to your scores. Do you see how this is all being implemented here? I'm trying to put it in layman's terms for everybody here. So, so that's Bill Gates, right? That's one of like the three people here that we need to be focused in on when we talk about the collapse of society. Bill Gates, George Soros, and Klaus Schwab, I feel like are our top three contenders for ushering in the collapse, the great reset, if you will. 
So now that we've gotten away from the COVID news and how society standards have been lowered so much that we are seeing people literally collapse around us every single day, but we're brushing it off as coincidence. Let's also talk about our crime-ridden cities. For the, uh, from the post-millennial, illegal immigrant charged in deadly Las Vegas stabbing attack had earlier charges dropped after LADA waited too long for trial. So uh, let me just give you guys a quick refresher on um, this illegal immigrant. Yoni Barrios on Thursday allegedly carried out a brutal mass stabbing on the Las Vegas Strip near the Wynn Las Vegas Hotel that left two people dead and six injured. The attack happened in the middle of the day. Oh, and by the way, the reason that this happened was because apparently his friend that he was staying with in Las Vegas told him to go home and uh, he got mad about it. So he started, he decided to target a group of showgirls on the Strip to let the anger out. Now, uh, he has a record, okay? So 32-year-old Barrios is an illegal immigrant originally from Guatemala. Immigration and Customs Enforcement had no record of him before his vicious assault. In 2016, he was convicted in Riverside, California of driving dangerously without a license. In July of 2019, he was charged with criminally injuring a spouse, cohabitant, or fellow parent in an act of domestic violence. But of course, the DA waited over 60 days to try the case. And uh, yeah, the deadline for the, for the speedy trial was then surpassed. He faced two charges of murder and six counts of attempted murder. He's being held in Clark County court, according to Clark County District Attorney Steve Wilson. And that's in regards to his latest case. But this is an illegal immigrant that shouldn't have been in this country who had a previous history of violence. But of course, because we have such low standards as a society and we don't have rule of law in this country and we've just willingly accepted our border being invaded by illegals every single day. This is just our, our normal now. From the Washington Examiner, Uvalde rocked by horrific fatal crash involving immigrant smuggler. Two people have died and another 10 were injured in a horrific crash in Uvalde, Texas, the town where 19 school children and two teachers were murdered earlier this year. The incident is only the latest in a string of daily high-speed immigrant smuggling events through downtown Uvalde that local, state, and federal law enforcement have engaged in this year and underscores how a quiet town of 50 miles a quiet town 50 miles from the U.S.-Mexico border has been deeply impacted by the prevalence of trans and national criminal activity in their community. So another horrific fatal crash involving immigrant smugglers. Let's keep going. From Breitbart, George Soros's Open Society Foundation puts millions behind pro-amnesty, pro-illegal immigration groups. George Soros's organization has offered millions in monetary support to organizations that advocate for unfettered mass immigration and amnesty for illegal immigrants. Press Secretary of the Federation for American Immigration Reform, Ron Kovach, explained the role that globalist billionaire George Soros has had in the push for mass immigration and amnesty. Telling Breitbart News, Soros and his shadow organizations have worked hand-in-hand -hand with the Biden administration since Biden took office to not only shield but encourage more illegal aliens to flock to the United States. And you guys can read more of how George Soros is doing that in this Breitbart article. The headline is there for you, but we still have a lot to get through. So I'm going to keep speeding through this, but we've talked extensively about how George Soros um, is consistently funding pro-amnesty groups, pro-illegal immigration groups, how he's constantly funding these soft on crime DAs that have allowed crime to run rampant uh, in our societies throughout all of our Democrat-run cities. Uh, by the way, too, the media keeps making a big fuss about Greg Abbott sending uh, illegal immigrants to New York City. But which Democrat city is sending the most amount of illegal immigrants to New York City that's Democrat-run, so nobody's making an issue about it. Oh, yeah, it's El Paso. Yeah, it's El Paso. But nobody cares about that.
Let's keep going on the uh, crime spree that is happening every day on the streets of America. Police in Odessa, Texas, arrested Marcus McCowan on October 3rd, who allegedly assaulted hospital staff and strangled two newborn babies at Odessa Regional Medical Center. The affidavit said both babies had turned blue from lack of oxygen. Responding police were then attacked by the su su suspect. Again, death of a decent society. Oh, yeah, there's the uh, illegal immigrant who shouldn't have been here who stabbed a bunch of people in Las Vegas, resulting in um, people dying. For the post-millennial, again, serial rapist who preyed on 13-year-old girl to be released from Portland prison as low-level sex offender. Richard Gilmore, a Portland, Oregon man who was found guilty in 1987 of raping a 13-year-old girl. Tiffany Edens, and admitted to raping at least nine girls and young women, is expected to re be released from prison in December. And the worst part of this, too, because we already know that Portland is super uh, soft on crime, is that because he's a low-level sex offender, he's not going to be required to tell people around him that he was a child sex offender, um, which typically people would have to do if they were a higher-level um, sex offender. Let me see if I can... Let me see here. While Gilmore will have to register as a sex offender after release, his classification means that the state and county do not have to notify his neighbor, his neighbors of his history of child rape. So... I do get really tired of, you know, having to read all of these negative headlines to you guys. But it is an example of where our society is currently at because we were so progressive and we were so loving and we were so tolerant that we threw safety to the wayside. We threw security to the wayside. We threw rule of law to the wayside. We now have illegal immigrants committing crimes at historic rates in our country. We now have criminals who are allowed to go on stabbing sprees. And then, yeah, I don't know, maybe they get out and bail the same day, depending on which uh, city they're in. I think one of the worst results of our low standards for society is the unsafe situations that we have put women in as a result of the transgender ideology and the LGBTQ propaganda that's been pushed on all of us. This is a protected class that nobody is allowed to speak out against. People are getting more vocal now that they've seen the realities of transgender surgery. And this is a horrific photo, but I'm still going to put it on screen for you guys because I think it's important for us to see the realities of what transgender surgery is doing to our youth. This is a young girl who's in high school who had a double mastectomy. She had her breast chopped off. And for my podcast listeners, you're blessed because what you're seeing on screen is a high school girl who has a huge gash with stitches across her chest. But the news will tell you, like CBS, the quality of life of young transmasculine people dramatically improves after receiving top surgery, a mastectomy procedure that removes breast tissue, according to a study by Northwestern Medicine. The quality of life is better. This is what the media is trying to push on our youth because we have lowered the standards for even protecting our children. And this is the result of that. Another result is men finding their way in women's locker rooms. This is a high school student, a high school girl who's banned from her own locker room, her own changing room, because she had the audacity to speak out against a biological male making inappropriate comments to her and her teammates while they were undressing. Listen. It's a huge thing. Everyone's asking, like, 
So why aren't you allowed in the locker room? Like High school student Blake Ellen and her teammates are currently barred from using the locker room after some of the girls on the team objected to allowing a transgender player in the girls' locker room. My mom wants me to do this interview to try to make a change. Ellen says the dispute started when the trans student made an inappropriate comment while members of the volleyball team were getting changed. She says her issue is not with having the trans student on the team or at school, but specifically in the so there you guys go. And that's what happens when fathers lower their standards and they don't stand up for their daughters. Their daughters are now being harassed by biological men in their locker rooms. And then if the fathers stand up to it because we lowered our standards as a society, the father is then demonized as public enemy white supremacist number one. This is what our youth is being targeted with. Now, I want to play a video as well of a 21-year-old female who was given, I believe, yep, hormone therapy as a teenager. She's 21 years old now. She regrets transitioning, but this is her life now. This is the reality of the transgender movement, which, to be quite honest with you, is a fad. These young girls, they don't really want to be men. It's a fad to be trans. It's a fad to have 27 genders. It's a fad to be gay, lesbian, pan, queer, whatever. It's a fad. The majority of these kids are going to grow out of this. But you know what's not going to grow back? Is the body parts that they chopped off. Listen to this heartbreaking video. Hey y'all. Um, so I got out of my haircut because um, my hair was driving me nuts. And I shaved it because I'm tired of watching my hair thin out and it's less distressing if I shave it. So when I talk about being too far gone, not I don't really know what else to call it. Um, this is what I mean. This is how deep my voice is. Um, <clears throat> it's gotten deeper over time and it's settled. Um, this is what I mean by hair loss. Um, and it just keeps getting worse. It keeps thinning. It keeps receding backwards. Um, you know, and I'm not exactly sure that's coming back. Um, those are the main things when I talk about being androgenized um, to a point of no return. Um, I really don't see those being fixable. So that's when I talk about, you know, just kind of staying how I am, regardless of how I feel. Um, that's why, just because I, I don't really see me personally being able to come back from what's happened so far. So I hope that's a little explanatory. Um, so that's the reality of putting teenagers on hormone therapy or, or puberty blockers that entire swaths of the medical community are ignoring. That we as a society decided to ignore because our standards were so lowered to pander to the LGBTQ degeneracy that we're seeing every single day, which is why I keep having to read headlines like this one from the New York Post. New York City judge rules polyamorous unions entitled to same legal protections as two-person relationships. For those of you that don't know what polyamorous means, it means a thruple. Same legal protections as two-person relationships. This is degenerate, and as a society, we should rebuke this. We should not accept this. We should not be tolerant of it. We should not be loving of it. And I've been thinking about this quite often. And you know you know why Donald Trump was so hated? You know why people thought he was so blunt and abrasive? Because he pushed back on nonsense like this. Because he had the audacity, he had the ability, he had the courage to say, I'm not accepting this. I'm pushing back against this because this is not normal, okay, or how a prosperous society acts. It's not. Polyamory, 
polyam polyamorous couples. Sorry, I'm not used to using that type of terminology because it's not every day you see a poly couple walking around the streets. I guess in the United States it is. But I've even been thinking too about Putin's speech about the West being satanic. He's not wrong about that. Why is it that Russia's leader has more common sense than our own right now? Why have, as a society, have we lowered our standards so much that we've allowed the traditional family to decay? We've allowed criminals to be let free, let loose. We've allowed illegals to infiltrate our country, change our demographic. I can't tell you how frustrated I get every single day because I feel like I live in Mexico at this point. I live in Austin, Texas, and when I go out, the majority of the time I hear people speaking Spanish. Last time I checked, America was an English-speaking country. Not anymore. Not anymore, friends. We're that big melting pot of diversity. And uh, by the way, today is Columbus Day, which people are now trying to take over as Indigenous People's Day. I was reading a tweet about how Columbus Day and the entire concept of Columbus Day was about conquering, right? About conquering land, about conquering a people. And the left has essentially conquered us, which is why they they can change Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day, because they have conquered us. They have conquered every single aspect of society, which is why for Pride Month, you will see the LGBTQ plus whatever the hell flag flying over our federal buildings in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. We have been conquered by the degenerate left, and it is up to us to raise our standards and take back our society because at this point, we are not in a good place and society will continue to degrade if we don't put a stop to this. That's why Donald Trump was so hated, because he pushed back against the lunacy. He pushed back against the clown world. He pushed back against what we all knew was wrong. But so many of us in today in today's society are afraid of cancel culture. We're, we're afraid of being called radical. We're afraid of being called bullies, that we don't want to push back and take a hard stance against this. But if enough of us don't stand up and get angry, there won't be a country left to save. By the way, tensions are escalating very much so between Russia and Ukraine. Zelensky went ahead and called for NATO to nuke Russia in an attempt to stop Russia from nuking them. Zelensky is a straight up warmonger, like a bloodthirsty warmonger at this point. And I don't care if I'm called a pro-Russian propagandist. I will not stand for Zelensky or anything that he's pushing or promoting because at this point he wants war. He's been accelerating war and he's using the United States taxpayer budget to do that. It's the United States who's going to pay the price for this war. That's all I have for you guys on this extended episode of Rapid Fire. We went about 15 minutes over our normal time, but I had a lot of stories that I had to get to and touch on. Thank you for you for, for listening and for sticking with me for this show as we talk about how much our society has degraded. I genuinely am tired. The reason why I've been doing the show less and less is because on top of, you know, going out and making content on the street, I genuinely do go through bouts of being tired of having to fight this myself and having to look at this every single day. It is spiritually draining. And I feel ostracized from society and I feel alone in society. I feel like I can't enjoy anything anymore because everything is political. But then I remember I'm not alone in this. 
And we're meant to feel ostracized and alone. But the minute that we give into those feelings, just like the left, they feel like they're a boy, so they mutilate their bodies. They feel like they're being oppressed, so they in turn oppress themselves. We have to be stronger than that and overcome our own feelings of legitimate ostracization ostracization from society. Sorry, I've been talking for an hour and 15 minutes straight here, so I'm getting a little tongue-tied myself here. But basically, you know, we have to push back against our own feelings of being ostracized in society because once we stop fighting and once we stop pushing for common sense, there really will be nothing left. There will be no more society to fight for. And I, I will be honest with you guys, I have been tired and I felt like I needed a break. But I feel like we can't take one. Now is not the time to take a break. Now is not the time to be silent about these issues. Now is the time to really push forward. And like I always like to say, this is the time where we figure out the difference between the winners and the losers. And this is something that I always say to myself when I feel tired and I feel like giving up in the gym, in my career, in life as a whole. I say, are you a winner or are you a loser? Because again, the difference between the two groups of people is that they face the same exact obstacles, but they react to them differently. And the reaction is everything. So you have to ask yourself the very important question. Are you a winner or are you a loser? Are you going to lower your standards to fit society? Or are you going to raise your standards and raise yourself to fit a higher level of where you expect society to be. I hope the latter. With that, I'm ending this episode of Rapid Fire. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, big shout out to our sponsor, Old Country Soap. If you're looking for a great Christmas present for you or your family, go check out oldcountrysoap.com. These are American-made, chemical-free, all-natural soaps, incredible ingredients. I use this soap myself every single day. Feels like a luxury spa when I'm in the shower because the lather is great. You can even shave with this soap. It's so, like the suds are that thick and, yeah, I don't know, amazing. I really love it. And again, Sissel Fiber Soap Rag to help with the exfoliation. Um, go check Old Country Soap out. Use coupon code SAV for 20% off. Uh, also, check out my subscribe store if you guys would like access to direct messaging with me. It's a good way to support the show. And uh, more importantly, if you guys get tired in the fight, just keep remember, remembering to push forward and to pray to God, ask for strength, and uh, most importantly, remember that you're not alone in this fight. My name is Savannah Hernandez. I am tuning out for this episode, and I'll see you guys next time. Thank you for tuning in.